Hello and welcome to the Nature Unplugged podcast, where we are all about cultivating consciousness in the digital age. Let's get going. It might be too loud. Hey, why is the thing not coming up up here? It's no, that's too okay. loud to pause. All right. Hello and welcome to the Nature Unplugged podcast. With me, your host, Sebastian Sloven, and uh, with me, very special co-host, our usual co-host, Sonia Mohammed. Welcome, Sonia. Hey, everybody. What's happening? Okay. I'm pumped for this episode. I'm excited. So what we have going on is a welcome to part one of our three-part series on lost connections during COVID-19. You know, uh, we are living in challenging times. You know, you could say uncertain times, which we've heard enough, quite a few times. Um, but one of the things that I think most impacted by this crisis is our the quality of our connections, uh-huh. among other things. But this is a, a major piece. So we're going to in the, over the next uh, three podcasts, we're going to do a three-part series exploring connections with others, connections with nature, and connection with self. And in today's episode, we're going to be specifically looking at and exploring connections with others and how this is, you know, we're going to look at how this is being impacted by COVID-19 and more importantly than how it's being impacted, we're going to look at what, what we can do about it. You know, how can we enhance our connections deepen our connections at a time when connections are uh, challenging. Uh, before we get into it, though, a few Nature Unplugged updates. Pass it over to co-host Sonia. Co-host Sonia, take it away. Hmm. So we just launched our Wellness in the Digital Age course. Woo! We like to think of it as a, uh, a boot camp to overhaul your relationship with tech, reconnect with nature, and reclaim your free time. Seb and I guide folks through six sections, and they include video lessons, and we also share our 40-page course workbook that includes our favorite favorite activities and some exercises and reflections. So for more information about that and to sign up, visit www.natureunplugged.com. We've also um, rolled out some additional options for that course. We have Very a, exciting. Very yeah, exciting. Yeah, and this is from some feedback from people who've gone through it. Um, we have a wellness in the digital age course package, which includes accountability calls and uh, other ways to help keep you on track as you move through the course. And then we also have an intro to coaching package, which is a great option if you're looking for a more personalized approach. And again, more information uh, about that on our website. Those are our updates. Updates. Thank you, Sonia. Yep. Yeah. Check out the website for uh, more info on that. That's mm-hmm. you said. Okay, getting into it. As I mentioned, today's episode is going to be all about exploring connections with others, how it's being impacted with COVID and what we can do about it. So I'm, I'm really, I think this is a, such an important topic and um, you know, I think it's impacting pretty much everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's impacting us, it's impacting everyone we talk to. And it's really, I think, also very core to our work in Nature Unplugged and it's something we've we address in our coaching and our courses and basically, you know, all of our work. Mm-hmm. So let's get into it. And I want to start, Sonia, by, came, I heard about the study. Tell me about it. Yeah, a little while back. I think I, I'd sort of generally heard of this, but I was able to look into it, dive into it a little bit more. And it's kind of fascinating. 
related to this situation of lost connections. And it's about the uh, failure to thrive studies. And basically, this is the this came about because in the early part of the 20th century, uh, infant mortality rates at hospitals and orphanages and nurseries were like insanely high, like in some cases, insanely high. Insane. Uh, in some cases, it's close to 100%, right? So, and what they started to see was that babies who survived in in these um, in these uh, environments came away with and grew up with all sorts of, you know, uh, issues, physical, psychological issues. So it was either like death or issues? Death or issues, okay. basically, for like if you're in an orphanage in like the 1930s. Okay, you know? got it. Not, I don't know if it's 100%, but it was, I think, a really high, high rate, percentage, yeah. right? And um, so people started to study this, and it's really interesting, I think, and related to the situation we're in right now, because what they found was that um, they were, I think in a lot of these cases, hospitals and other places were covering the bases in terms of like what babies needed in terms of medical care. Mm-hmm. You know, they had, or they had food, they had water, they had medicine. Mm-hmm. And what they didn't have was human touch or any sort of connection uh. with other humans. And it's so, sort of interesting to read that back in the day, um, you know, nurses, everyone wore masks. Family was kept separate. In the case of like hospital settings, family was kept really separate from babies. Hmm. Um, there was no skin to skin contact and things like that that we see today because they were scared of spreading disease and infection. And what they saw a lot of times was that, you know, babies who were in this in this situation for an extended period of time uh, got sick or died or got infections. And it was sort of the opposite. Um, and there's this, all this research around it. And, you know, kind of the shift that happens was, you know, that people started to see that, you know, human touch isn't just like a sort of nice thing. It's actually like a necessary thing for well-being. And there's a quote from, um, I want to share this, this guy Henry Bakken, back in the 40s, an American physician who says that the failure of infants to thrive in institutions is due to emotional deprivation. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. So we need it. We need a connection to survive. Yeah. And then I think what you would have after that is like, you know, uh, people in uh, orphanages, the nuns and so forth going around and and holding babies more and spending Mm. more time with them and tickling and prodding and so forth. And that solved it. I think it made a big difference. Got it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And it sort of reminds me, as I was hearing about this, it reminds me of this situation that we're in today with COVID. Our little baby selves. Our little baby selves. And everyone's wearing masks and everyone's social distancing. And just to clarify, we're not saying those aren't necessary things. It's absolutely mm-hmm. necessary, yeah, right, totally. to contain the, the situation we're in. Um, but they do come at a cost. And I think that's an important thing to look at is that, you know, you can't just take away human connection without, um, you know, experience, uh, expecting some sort of negative impact. impact so yeah. I think the, the concept here is that we need to spend extra attention, extra energy in seeking out and cultivating connection with others. And that's what we're going to jump into now. Cool. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've reflected on some experiences of being in the opportunities I do have to be out either at the grocery store or when I was um, getting my knee fixed up. Um, oh, yeah. Sonia's just recovering from a, 
hardcore knee injury. Yeah. So she's been she's been more <laughs> isolated than normal. <laughs> Always recovering from some sort of injury, it seems. Um, it was interesting, though. I like recall this one specific scenario. Now that we're you know more required to wear masks um, when we're out and about, is like wanting you know coming across a person, just like me and some other person on the sidewalk. You know, we're doing our little bubble. We're bowing out from each other and keeping a safe distance, but um, still wanting to like be pleasant and express pleasantries. And I find myself often smiling. Um, with a mask on and realizing like, oh, I'm not like actually communicating anything to this person. And then um, like haphazardly saying like, oh, hi, you know, like as we're, you know, two feet past each other. Um, And it's, I mean, that's a small example, but it is one of these interesting things where I get a lot of joy out of smiling and feel connected to people when I smile at them and they smile back. And that's just like not really possible at the moment. (laughs) So then like, you know, shifting to verbal cues a bit or waving or whatever that people can see. Um, again, a small example, but something that feels so present for me in my, like every outing I have now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I was kind of sharing this with you earlier that I was at a, we had some flooding in our neighborhood and I was at a, we had a neighborhood gathering recently just to talk about next steps. And it was with social distancing, but it was interesting because there were some neighbors there who were kind of a block away or and kind of people I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And everyone had everyone was masked up, and <laughs> it was really interesting because I came away going like, "Well, I had talked to these people, but I really didn't." It was interesting, just kind of that like separation. Yeah, that's, that's a necessary part of what's happening right now. Yeah, and you can't shake hands or anything either. Can't shake hands. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's a good segue into like what what can we do about it now? What mm-hmm. can we do about it? So again, yeah. to clarify, we're not advocating for demasking or shaking right. hands or hugging. Yeah. haphazardly. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, what can we do about it? And I think we've got a few things to, to chat with, but I think one of them is this kind of, this concept of, um, really seeking out higher quality connections versus lower quality connections. Yeah. And I want to start with, let's start actually with the digital and virtual yeah. How that relates to digital and virtual sure. stuff. Sure. And I think also a point here is is we understand that different people have access to different types of connection right now. Right. Um, you know, you may be in a situation where you had to stay at home by yourself versus somebody who maybe has a full family with them or their partner or roommates. So there's there's gonna be some variability here for sure. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And <laughs> there could be some people listening out here that are maybe uh in quarantine with a uh, with their family or partner and are really more seeking, they feel maybe overly connected, connected or yeah. maybe seeking kind of more space, which yeah. is, we'll talk about that in the um, connection to nature and connection to self yeah. future episodes. But I have a friend who's quarantined by himself uh, up in LA and, and it's really tough. It's really mm-hmm. tough. Um, I think I'm sure there's certain freedom there, but also just challenges of staying engaged, staying, feeling connected to others. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this. Um, one thing that we've talked about a lot with, you know, with our in our coaching and everything is is really encouraging when you're doing virtual connection or communication or digital communication. Really encouraging again higher quality uh, communication versus lower quality. And what we mean by that is by higher quality sort of communication, we're talking about ways in which you can communicate that you can get more information more emotion, more, so, so video chat, you know, Zoom, Skype, things like that is really wonderful in this sense, because you can, you can hear people's, so you can hear their voice, their 
inflection and tone and all that stuff. And you can also see people's facial expressions, mm -hmm. which is huge. So you're getting all this information that our brains process that we learn to process from a really young age, um, like a smile, mm -hmm. like a change in tone, um, you know, whether it's a positive or negative emotion or whatever, that's all just like really important for us to, f to, to, con to be able to have that connection with another person. Yeah. And in phone calls are also another really wonderful way to do that. If you don't have access to video calls, um, just hearing, you can kind of, you can get a lot out of someone's tone and their, right. and their inflections and all that stuff. Yeah. I've even seen, um, some of my friends have even sent me like, um, through a text message, a little audio clip. Like right. instead of texting, they record themselves for a second and, and send it to me. And then I can, it's almost like a voicemail through text, right? which is an interesting option too. Yeah. Yeah. And so just to kind of on the flip side of that, the lower quality communication via virtual means would be things like text and right. lower than that would probably be emojis. I mean, emojis express something, but it's like pretty yeah, limited words, yeah. compared to uh, yeah. an actual human face. Yeah. And I think similarly is like social media messaging on those platforms. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like a like is yeah. not really, you know, kind of th this idea that, hey, if I do, and there's a lot of people out there, and I think I used to do this a lot too, where you, you're doing like these little like mini snippets of communication throughout the day through like texts, emojis, likes on social media, reading someone's post, mm -hmm. doesn't add up to like legitimate human connection. Right. Even if you're doing that all day. Yeah. Right. So better to have one solid phone call with a family or friend or someone uh, and and feel that connection versus like, you know, 50 texts or likes yeah, or whatever. Totally. Yeah. And I think also to speak to um, the quality of the connection, um, also, we've been coming across articles around why you know, certain things feel more exhausting, like Zoom calls, et cetera, um, especially with larger groups of people. Um, and it's it's really speaking to the piece you just brought up, Sebastian, about um, like not having as much information as an in-person. So this is like a Zoom versus an in-person. Right. You like feel more exhausted than you would if you were talking to someone in person. And it's because you have less cues and information and it takes more energy and power for your brain to like synthesize what you're getting from people and like fill right. in blanks. It's like you have to process things at a higher power with your brain and it uses more of your energy. So it's like, it's still great if that's the option you have available to you compared right. to a call or a text or an email. Um, but I think a lot of people have been feeling that and it's interesting to start seeing some information come out about why um, we're often left sort of exhausted after a virtual call for work or with friends or whatever. Right. Yeah. 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 But still, I think in the context of this, I want to highlight that it's in terms of just for like our, our wellness in terms of connection mm -hmm. better than oh, absolutely. the alternative of texting, which you may not come away feeling exhausted, but right. you're also lacking right. Right, emotional connection. Yep. And in terms of in-person stuff, I know this is this is obviously super case specific and, and mm -hmm. variable, but I was, you know, I think ways in which we can still do in-person stuff is really great if you can do it, you know, in a safe way. Yeah. What have you seen? Well, I mean, I was just sharing about that that neighborhood meeting. We're all social distancing. We're outside, but even coming away from that, even with the masks and the the limited some of the limited stuff. I still came away feeling like, oh, that was like a really nice encounter. And so totally different than, mm -hmm. you know, just text or Zoom calls or whatever. Yeah. The the, the normal sort of day-to-day -day, uh, virtual 
interaction. Yeah, uh, so, yeah we also we were um, we've been on a couple neighborhood walks where we've like ran into somebody we know um, and like you know caught up with them yeah. from a distance and that was from really really energizing and wonderful and I was like oh I wish you know I didn't want to go through the process of trying to plan that sort of thing but um, that just really really energized and and refreshed me yeah absolutely I also I, I spoke with a buddy of mine in who lives in San Francisco who they're in a more you know high density sort of area so they're more hardcore with their um, isolating and stuff mm -hmm. but he was telling me that uh, they have like a, I think this is actually a nightly thing, that they have a like stoop happy hour. So they live in an area where houses are all close together. They have their little stoop, you know, front mm -hmm. porch mm -hmm. steps. And all the neighbors in their like direct vicinity go out, you know, five o'clock or four o'clock or whatever. Mm -hmm. And have like, you know, drinks or not drinks and just hang out and chat. And it seems to be a great thing. Yeah. That's that's a creative solution. I thought. Yeah, that's we've great. seen we've seen that a little bit too, like um, driveway, driveway hangouts. hangouts yeah, um, yeah. At a safe distance, like neighbors sort of coming together and sitting, like simulating almost a campfire, like circling up and sitting six feet apart and catching up. And, yeah, um, which is great. It is great. So creative. you know, we'd love to hear if you have any cool solutions or ideas, whether they're in person or uh, virtual. Love to hear your your solutions. Yeah, yes, we would. I want to um, just before jumping into the challenge, I want to um, kind of bring up a couple of other things. I think um, well, I wanted to ask Sonia. This mm -hmm. is kind of related to the challenge. What yeah. do you? Uh, what's your game plan to to kind of step up your communication with with others or connection with others? You got a you got a plan? Yeah, I mean, I I think yeah. I have been. Eh. I think I have been doing relatively well staying connected um, to friends, you know, socially through video chat platforms. Um, and I also, sort of going back to what I was saying earlier, also um, at times feel sort of drained by them. So I've noticed that smaller groups work better for me. Like when there's like 12 people on the video chat, it's just like hard to keep track of what's going on. And I just, yeah. I, it's like, you know hard to get a rhythm in the conversation and it feels sort of exhausting. It's still really nice. You to need like a facilitator faces. basically. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or, or just like, you know, having like more like four or six people works really great. That seems to be a good number for me. Um, and then also this idea of like Jomo, right. I think there's a lot of, can you share what Jomo uh, is for people? Sure. I think there's a lot of opportunities to like, I'm getting more invitations to sort of virtual social things. Um, not so much at the point right now where I feel like I have to say or want to say no to many of them. Um, but the idea of Jomo is like if it's if it's going to take you away from something you actually want to be doing, um, it's like this idea of joy of missing out. Like if it's not right for you for whatever reason because you're stressed from work or you'd rather spend time with your partner or um, you just need some like downtime to rest and relax for yourself after a big day, it is okay to say no um, to invitations just like it would be like an actual in-person social invitation if it doesn't suit you. Um, it's not maybe so helpful to have like 100 virtual social gatherings in a week because um, that's really draining and probably right. not what you're looking for anyway. Um, and then I think just being like a little more, you know, I feel fortunate that I have a partner that I'm like have with me during this time. Uh, that's and that's Sebastian. And uh, it is really easy to just sort of go through the motions of the day and not really carve out quality time to connect. Um, 
So that's somewhere I want to do a little better of like not just defaulting to, okay, the workday's done. Um, now it's time to make dinner and then we're going to watch a show and then like, you know, go to bed. Um, so like figuring out ways to change that up to create like a more meaningful connection. Yeah, I think the, um, can you share a little bit about the uh, animal cards you did the other day? <laughs> yeah, so one of the ways we've we've been exploring this is we um, have created Friday night date nights. And obviously, like, we don't have a ton of options available to us because we, you know, have to stay at home pretty much for it. Um, but one of the recent ones we had, I um, got out these animal power cards that we got. I can't remember when we got them, but we haven't used them a ton. Um, so we sort of reoriented, reoriented ourselves to it and then started doing animal power card readings for each other. Uh, and it just opened up a lot of space for us to talk about things that probably wouldn't have come up in a conversation naturally uh, otherwise. Yeah. Seb was into it. I was into it. Animal power cards. Check them out. Um, I think I was like a tortoise or something. No. I got a bunch of them. Not a tortoise. An elephant. Elephant. Elephant and Wise. a swan. swan. <laughs> At one point. Uh, <laughs> a deer. Yeah, dear. Yeah. Well, I think on a, before we move into the challenges, on a side note too, I want to say that, you know, uh, pets are also a great way to create connection, yes. right? Mm -hmm. Not, it doesn't have to specifically, human connections, you know, awesome and we mm -hmm. need it. And I think there's, um, just another living being to connect with. Yeah. And that, this can be more a part of our kind of connection to nature piece, but that's just a, if yeah. you have a dog or a cat or whatever, a tiger. No, not a tiger. Not a tiger. Um, pets are also a great way to, yeah. to build connection. All right. You know what time it is? What time is it? Oh my gosh. It's time for our weekly challenge. <laughs> Woo! We need a jingle. Can you do a uh, weekly challenge jingle? Jingy ding, ding, ding. <laughs> That's great. Jingy ding, ding, ding. Weekly challenge. Nature Unplugged. Okay. The weekly challenge this week, I'll say week a few more times, is, ready for it? Yep. Okay. You're going to identify one relationship or connection you, you'd like to improve or kind of mm -hmm. improve the quality. This can be with a family member, a friend, coworker, doesn't really matter. And you're going to focus on how to up the quality of that current connection. And so this can be identifying something new to try out, such as the animal power cards. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, or it's um, just like how to, how to, create more quality in your current uh, communication. Yeah. So like if you are doing calls, maybe try a Zoom. Yeah. It's like or if you're just, that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so it doesn't have to be anything too monumental or like giant of a change. The idea here is that identifying one thing that you can do this week to improve a connection, one connection. And, um, you know, the idea is making small changes and then, and then building it from there. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this. Yeah, what's yours? Well... I was thinking about this, you know, I've been talking to my mom a lot because mm -hmm. she's um, in isolation for the most part. Mm -hmm. And, well, she's in isolation with my sister. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. But, I mean, I, I'm not seeing her as much. Right, yeah. Um, and uh, we tend to text quite a bit. And one thing I want to do is text less, so less frequent communication, mm -hmm. less frequent calls, higher quality calls, longer calls. Yeah. Maybe jumping on a video chat, although she does get stressed out by technology. Yeah. But that would be good. That's quite a easy. video chat would be nice. Yeah, but I'm thinking more calls, less text, mm -hmm. improve that connection during this time. Nice. You got one? Yeah, yeah. I think for me, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I've got a similar scenario going on with my sister. Um, like lots of talking via text. Uh, 
and that's been like nice. I feel, you know, in some ways connected to her every day, but, um, I don't necessarily need to do less of that, but I do want to do more calls and maybe like a FaceTime and see her husband and my niece too. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. It sounds like you kind of copied mine, but that's, uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I'm just reinforcing how awesome yours was. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, on that note, you got the challenge, everyone out there. Let us know how it goes. We'd love to hear your your take on it. And we'll be back with part two Ooh. next week, focusing on connection with nature. Nice. Very cool. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Nature Unplugged podcast. We would love it if you took a moment to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. You can also find our podcast episodes on SoundCloud, Stitcher. We just recently got on Google Play. Ooh. Very exciting. Basically oh, everywhere. We're now everywhere that you can get a podcast. Um, and be sure to check out www.natureunplugged.com for more resources and information. Of course, you have uh, their access to our courses that we mentioned, our course that we mentioned, as well as our coaching and other services that we provide. Well, until next time, stay connected. Take care. Stay safe. Bye. That's you got to do about Things change like seasons out of our control If you think you should go I will let you go oh, oh.